Hi, I'm Spencer. And I'm Blake. And, and you're, you're about, about to get, get jumped. jumped. Welcome to episode 130 of Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, a weekly podcast where we watch the anime so you don't have to. But you should still totally watch the anime. This week on Get Jumped, we're watching Kill La Kill episodes 2 through 3, where tennis is a life and death sport, clothes drink the blood of their wearer, and Ryuko finds her true power by getting naked. Look, if you didn't know that you could show your true power by getting even more naked, apparently you didn't know about it being summer. Because the trick of summer is to get as naked as possible and then, I guess, get covered in sweat and then maybe put on a skimpy outfit and feed it blood and then you'll be super powerful. I figured it out. That's how you defeat Summer. Okay. Let's jump in. I wasn't sure where that one was going for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Well, hey, everybody. Um, So uh, we are are getting ahead of the curve here um <laughs> yeah we, we might are, not have a lot of anime news this week because we just recorded got, last week's episode yesterday and it hasn't even come look, out yet look i made a concerted effort to look up anime news all day and i was very interested to find out a couple of different things um and i have them to talk about unless you have anything <laughs> i have one dumb thing which is that i always liked zoids when i was younger they played Zoid's New Century Zero on Toonami when I was a youth, specifically when I was in middle school, because that was before I had Cartoon Network, but when my grandmother had Cartoon Network and was picking me up from school and keeping me at her place while my parents were finishing work. So I got to watch pretty much all of uh, New Century Zero, because I think it's only like 26 episodes, and I loved it, and I never really watched any of the other Zoids, uh, but... I really loved that one. I've always wanted to watch more of them. And I was just on uh, net, not a sponsor of this show, earlier tonight to watch these episodes and noticed that they have a new Zoid series from 2018. The first 25 of 50 episodes are on there. And so I might be watching Zoids in the near future. Well, that's good. Um, What I have been doing is, uh, number one, taking a look to see what the fall schedule of anime looks like, and it seems pretty normal, Um, and uh, it looks like there's there's some interesting things coming out, and then I looked at winter 2021, (laughs) and it looks like... I mean, sort of. They kind of do it in like a like a breakout where they're doing 2020, 2021. Oh, 2021, like winter as in January. I always forget that that's a thing. (laughs) Yeah, so there are not very many shows, it seems like, that are coming out. The the biggest of which, at least to me, is going to be The Promised Neverland Season 2, which is super interesting, and I I really like that uh, that show a lot. Um, and then I was looking through that and I was like, the fourth season of Seven Deadly Sins, I have to know, <laughs> season <laughs> four of Seven Deadly Sins, it looks like, I I don't know if they are going to stay with the same studio and I'm very interested to find out about that. And then the other thing that came up that completely blew my mind 
was that there is something else coming out, and I like that you brought up Toonami because it is coming out on Adult Swim, Ooh. and it is a um, it is a created Adult Swim anime that is of the horror genre called Uzumaki. Oh. And I had never heard of that before. Oh, but for real? I looked it up, and it's it looks like it's a super fucking crazy messed up uh, manga. Yes, let me tell you, I have not read Uzumaki. I have not read any of the other work by its creator, which is a guy named Junji Ito. But I am well aware of Junji Ito's name because a lot of the anime YouTube people that I follow have talked at length about how good his work is and how generally poor they find his anime adaptations of his work to be. So I've heard a lot about people talking about that, and I've also heard a lot of them really hoping that Uzumaki turns it around. It does not seem to be the same people who have made previous iterations, so if you agree with that assessment that uh, that his work did not work in, um, in animated form, which was largely an argument between a lot of his horror was made to be intricately drawn on the page he uses extremely detailed artwork and the nature of animating something means that some of that detail is lost which takes away some of the horror versus uh you know subjective opinions on how they thought that the directing was poor and again i don't have any experience personally but i do know the guy because he's a big 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 name in anime but in a specific segment of anime that we don't usually tread into but yeah i've actually been pretty excited about the uzumaki release also yeah, it looks super fucking creepy. It's <laughs> also not related to Naruto at all. <laughs> oh, yeah. I think it's just uh, Uzumaki, I guess, means fox, I guess. Um, uh, so. No, I think the Uzumaki is that little, um, it's like a radish or something with a spiral pattern on it. And so spirals oh. are, are a common motif in Naruto, but uh, spirals are also sort of the crux of the story in Uzumaki. So... Uzumaki is Naruto's well, last name because he is based that. off of ramen and Uzumaki is the name of that manga because it is based off of spirals. Look, I can admit when I'm wrong and I am obviously wrong here. <laughs> I can never admit when I'm wrong because it's never happened and it never will. And yeah. those are the rules. Speaking, speaking of really creepy manga, do you remember huh? that one uh, that, that you told me about where it's like, a strange mountain has appeared with holes the shape of people and the yeah, people that's are Jujito. like, I must get in that. Oh my god. I read that manga like <laughs> like I remember you told me about that and I was like I need to know about it and I looked it up at like 2am and started reading and I was like oh, I gotta put this away. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a bad choice. <laughs> yeah. I, I haven't, I swear... again I not having read any of his stuff in these videos, you know, they're videos that, you know, this is going to sound really fucking dumb, but it's not necessarily a given. They are video essays that include visual aid as the video uh, portion of it. So, you know, when they're talking about like the artwork, often they will flash the artwork up there. And I have found it to be pretty disturbing. So while I haven't read it, I am fairly confident that I would find it exceedingly creepy, even if it was just on the art alone. But it does sound like the stories are pretty good, too. Yeah. So um, that's that's what I've been looking up this week, and I, I thought it was pretty interesting. Um, I, I 
it looks like Seven Deadly Sins is still going to be done by the same stupid studio that picked pick them up and did such a terrible job after. You're like, um, you so- know that quote from Brokeback Mountain where he's like, I wish I could quit you. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. So, um, uh, Studio Dean apparently is the name of the studio that picked up Seven Deadly Sins and they're, I guess, not good. Um, Dean? Dean? Yeah, and A1 Pictures, I guess, was the one that had it beforehand. And yeah, I the am steak sauce. very interested. Yeah, <laughs> steak sauce. Steak sauce and anime. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was really interested to to learn, like maybe you know what what other things has Studio Dean done that uh, I was interested in, and I looked all the way through it, and the only one that I could find that I i really like was uh fate stay night which is the fate stay okay. series that i like um and the the other ones i haven't been super interested in um but i i just man i'm just so upset about seven deadly sins still <laughs> like i'm just <laughs> continuing to be just so frustrated that that they control like they are just doing such a bad animation job of something that i really really enjoyed when it came out like you can attest to this when that show came out i watched it inside of like a a single sitting over like the course of maybe two days um and i then i talked incessantly about it about like how good the show was even though there is like there's quite a bit of fan service inside of it, but I'm like, okay with that. Um, just because I, I love good fantasy anime. Um, yeah. It's contextual. You, yeah. Like if you're wondering how much I like fantasy magic stuff inside of an anime, um, one of my favorite shows of all time is outlaw star. And I love outlaw star for a couple of different reasons. Um, not least of which is the fact that there are giant ships that get into boxing matches and grappling matches, basically. Um, Someday and also, we will like, watch it, and I cannot wait for that day. I fucking love that show so much. And uh, and then the other thing that's inside of it is that there Oops. are space pirates that use space magic and also space bullets that shoot magic. And I'm just like fucking in all the way in <laughs> i also uh i just need to interject here that i'm putting lotion on my hands while you're talking and my lotion bottle made a sound that made it sound like i shot myself so i did not poop myself i will be fine for the rest of the recording it's just hand lotion um so anyway just you throwing out there that like during the middle of me talking about outlaw star <laughs> you may sound. or may not have actually shot yourself <laughs> It's just like, you know, it's like, it's one of those, uh, it's not like a pump bottle. It's the, you know, you squeeze the tube and it comes out. And it's like, I, I did that and there's not that much left in. And it was like, Boof. and it's just, I was just like, my microphone's right there. Like that sound definitely came through. Maybe Rashad will take it out. But if just in case, I just need everybody to know that that like, I was like sitting and you were kind of like on your thing. And I was like, okay, real quick conference with myself. Like, do I say nothing or is that worse? And I was like, I think it's worse because somebody's going to hear that and be like, did somebody shit? And they just didn't say anything. (laughs) So no, it was lotion. (laughs) Oh my God. Just like, Oh my God. (laughs) 
You just went on that like long tangent about you got to weigh the pros and cons. <laughs> and there you have the facts of life. <laughs> and that's Blake and Spencer teach you about hand lotion. Yep. Um, with that, uh, all that nonsense uh, aside, uh, I am so excited to talk about these Kill a Kill episodes. Um, so I hope you have a lot to say because we're not else. very far in. <laughs> yeah, um, I have I have a lot to say because I fucking love the show and uh, it's okay. I, it it proved to me today that like it's gonna fan service you, but it's gonna be like no 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 fuck everybody that's like I'm gonna slut shame. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So my my last so uh, real quick as a reminder, we have a Discord. We gotta we eventually we're gonna re-record our outro, but we just we did it so recently that I don't want to do it again. So there's a discord, go to Facebook, go to Twitter, go to Reddit. You can find the link to the discord and you can join us there and talk to us about anime and manga and all kinds of fun stuff. It's a really cool community. It seems like it's growing and uh, it's cool. Uh, Also, I restarted a show that I'd only seen a couple of episodes into, but what I've noticed is that Crunchy, not a sponsor of this show and who not a sponsor of this show often have the same (laughs) shows on them. Yeah, and uh, I think Crunchy gets it faster because their whole thing is like simulcast, and you know they're catering to the anime community specifically. But who not yeah. a sponsor is actually they have a really good anime library. But I so I I have those two, and I have Net not a sponsor, and a couple of other not sponsors that I cycle through for streaming shows, and you know I I have a staple of, you know, a large cast of shows that I watch little bits of here and there slowly over time. So I kind of dip my foot in all of them, you know, every couple of days. Um, But what I realized recently is that a lot of shows that I thought were exclusive to Crunchy Not a Sponsor are actually on Who Not a Sponsor. And uh, I have a membership level that allows you to watch Who Not a Sponsor with no ads. And I have free Crunchy Not a Sponsor, which means you get ads and the ads are horrible. Like they're like the ads themselves are are of varying quality. I personally hate all advertisements unless they are for media that I might be interested in. And about half the time it's for media that I might be interested in because it's Crunchy Not a Sponsor, just sort of like advertising other shows on their service. But uh, otherwise it's bad because it cuts in at random times and it definitely has the tendency to like ruin moments in a way. Like I just, I think that they're the way they drop commercial breaks in is really jarring and they don't sort of smooth it in easily. Um, and so on who not a sponsor, I don't have to watch commercial breaks. So all that to say, I restarted a show on who not a sponsor uh, called, is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon? Um, I had watched a couple of episodes of it over the last year or so, and I liked it okay. It's way more slice of life harem anime than I want it to be. It's like soft harem. I think it maybe gets more harem as it goes. But if you don't know, harem anime is basically lots and lots of cute girls are into the same protagonist. And if uh, anime out of context is to be believed, the protagonist pretty much always sucks. And this one's not much of an exception so far. But uh, 
the draw of the series to me is that it also has these cool shonen elements and high quality animation and specifically a dope fight with a minotaur leader in the series that I have seen on YouTube years ago that Spencer and I actually watched together in my apartment in Chicago. And I was like, oh, I'll watch this show sometime. So anyway, I restarted it today and I was like, okay, this is better than I remember. I started watching the dub so I don't have to work as hard to enjoy it. And it was fine. Um, the action sequences were good. The world building was interesting. The sort of fan servicey and all of the girls are finding the main character attractive for no visible or apparent reason was annoying. And uh, anyway, all of this is to say that there are some boob physics in that show that I think are called uh, what's it called? Gynax. I, I posted something on the re- on our Discord last night about Gynax endings because Studio Gynax is famous for uh, endings that don't make any sense. And then there was another, oh, it's called Gynaxing, um, which is when breasts are given absurd physics. And so there was like this scene in Is It Wrong that I was watching today where the uh, main character was sitting with the goddess that is the like in charge of the house that he's part of. And they were just kind of like sitting and having a conversation and she would just like shift lightly and her boobs would move like water balloons that had been sort of like tossed violently. And I was (laughs) really, really shocked and taken aback by that because it's just absurd. And I probably missed it last time because I was reading the subtitles (laughs) <laughs> this time I did not miss it at all. And I was just like, this is just, I like, I know that there are some people who think that's grand. And I also know that I am not the kind of person who generally finds breasts of interest, but like, who is that for? <laughs> anyway, that tangent is to say that there's a lot of that in this anime too, but this one weirdly manages to get away with it by just leaning in so hard. <laughs> so, uh anyway, that's that's yeah, all my pre-show gonna, nonsense. It's gonna it's gonna lean all the way in. Um with that all being said, let's talk about let's talk about what happened previously on Kill a Kill. So Kill a Kill takes place in a world where there is this place called Hanoji Academy, which is kind of like a very upscale private high school that has turned itself into a futuristic dystopian fascist state. Uh, The student council have amassed power such that they have become functionally royalty, including in the eyes of staff, it seems. And that power largely comes from their clothes, which sounds weird, but that's because in this universe, they have these things called Goku uniforms and the Goku uniforms somehow augment the abilities of their user and turn them into superpowered anime battlers. Um, So by having access to those Goku uniforms, the student council created this fascist state and there is a main character girl named Ryuko uh, Matoi, who has come to Hanoji Academy because she thinks that the student council president, which is a uh, girl named Satsuki Kiryuin, she thinks that Satsuki uh, is responsible for or knows crucial information regarding her father's death. So she has come on a mission of revenge. 
she showed up with this weird sword that looks kind of like what would happen if you took a pair of scissors apart and used only half of it. Uh, and I believe she actually calls it her scissor blade. And uh, she used it to fight, but the Goku uniforms were too strong. Uh, she found her way back to the rubble of her former home, was dropped down a trapdoor into a secret basement, and there she discovered a special uniform that responded to her bleeding on it by coming alive and uh, forcing itself on her and giving her superpowers. And her superpowers were better than the other people's superpowers, so she won a fight. And uh, basically the last episode, which was the first one of the series, ended with her victorious against her opponent and sort of facing off against the school and specifically against Satsuki. And that's going to take us into episode two. Cool. So this episode is called uh, episode two. So sexy, she might pass out. Um, so <laughs> it's it's going to start ridiculous and it's just going to keep on keeping on. Yeah, um, this reminded me a lot of Fully Coolie as far as like the pacing and the visual gags. Yeah. Um so right before um right before she is able to get any sort of answer, uh she is just going to um completely break down because she is almost dying of blood loss. <laughs> so um it, what what was not mentioned really in uh in in the the first episode is that it's going to start drinking the user's blood while being worn um but uh, the more it, it drinks your blood obviously you're going to become I, I guess i don't i don't think the word is anemic i know you have like when you're losing a lot of blood or when you have like low blood count you're anemic um but you she loses too much blood, and uh, because of that, she needs to escape. Um, yeah, it's like she... that King of the Hill episode where Peggy and Min are competing over who can give the most blood. <laughs> Never seen that, that episode, but that well, sounds hilarious. It's fantastic. Let me just uh, hold on real quick and pocket sand. <laughs> yeah, King of the Hill is on Who Not a Sponsor if you want to check that out. Yeah, um, so uh, she is going to be able to escape, um, but after she escapes, she is going to completely pass out um, and be saved after a, a bunch of kids are going to be like, ooh, naked, almost naked girl. <laughs> um, and then she's going to she's going to wake up inside of uh, Mataru's house and. Um, the grossest thing is, and what what also was never explained is like her dad in um Mataro's dad is just in the house, just like hanging over her, hyperventilating, and I have no, there's no reason given why he's doing that. <laughs> yeah, well, she's. <laughs> I think he's just pervy. <laughs> it's so gross, though. Like, yes. I, the yeah. only reason this show gets away with it is because it's funny uh, and it it animates and directs and writes these moments in ways that are funny. That sounds horrible. <laughs> I feel like in 20 <laughs> years that's going to bite me in the ass, but I don't know. Like I it's it's there's an <laughs> I went down the TV tropes rabbit hole last night. So that's what's on my mind. There's this thing called fridge horror, which is essentially when 
something seems fine when you watch it, but when you think about it later or read it or whatever, but when you think about it later, it's actually horrific if you kind of take it to its logical conclusion. And mm-hmm. that's a little bit of this, where it's like the things that these characters are doing are super not okay. But on the one hand, they are animated and done in such a way and then that it it doesn't highlight how creepy they're being in a, in a way that makes it feel creepy to watch. Uh, also, the main character doesn't react to it in a way that is creepy. She's just angry. And also, you know, honestly, watching so much anime, you get kind of desensitized to uh, men being really sexually inappropriate toward women because it happens an uncomfortably large amount in anime. Uh, it shouldn't happen at all, but it does. And it's happening here. But this is maybe one of the easier to stomach versions of that. Gotta yeah. hate this conversation. Let's move on. Yeah, so here we go. Um, they are. Uh, she's she's gonna wake up inside of this house. Um, she is going to punch the ever living Christ out of uh, Mataro's father. Um, he's he's just gonna like, oh god. Um, he's just gonna slam into the ceiling and then fall back down. Um, and then uh, it's gonna turn out that that uh, this is Mataro and Mako's house or Mako. I cannot. I've heard it pronounced two ways. Uh, Mako, I swear, I've heard it pronounced two different ways, and it bothers me that I've heard it two different ways because I am already bad at pronunciation. Um, so when I hear it in two different ways, I'm just like, fuck. Like, I'm not going to win. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she's going to come in, and she's going to be like, hey, this is my dad. Don't freak out. It's okay. And also, this is my brother. He's fine that you did this, and it's good that you fought these people for me. That's great that you you uh, dealt with that. Also, my mom is here and she's made dinner. And don't freak out about it because it's horrifying. It's like a bunch of like fried worms. It looks like, and she's yeah. like, I I make sure that I don't make anything with poison inside of it. And I was like, <laughs> well, that's good to know. <laughs> yeah, this is just a completely frantic scene. Like, there, Mako starts explaining like where she is which is you know at mako's house and that their house is a back alley clinic and when she basically like says back alley clinic she there's like a shot and it's almost blinking you'll miss it like the the pacing of the show including the visual humor is is like blinking you miss it super fast so she like pops out the door and points at the sign while she's explaining it and then like later on there's a pug dog which is very cute and i definitely want to stuff the animal of it and yeah, it starts eating Ryuko's food and then they like throw it out the window so it won't eat their food and then it comes back in and it's just like everything is it this this was the sequence where I was like oh my gosh this is this is really similar to Fully Coolie where it's mm-hmm. just like so much is happening and the animation is like very high quality and fluid and it's a lot of like high paced uh fast paced comedy dialogue and visual gags all just like one on top of the other, like relentless nonstop. And it was pretty fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, the, the big thing that's going to happen here um, a- afterwards is going to be, um, we're going to go back to the Academy. Um, they are going to be talking about um, the, uh, I guess there's like a really important tennis match that's going to be coming up um, between the school and a different school. And, apparently whoever wins it is going to have control of all of northern japan so (laughs) that's happening i guess what has Um, happened with high schools in this universe yeah i i 
I tend to I tend to love some of the things inside of universes where something has happened, but you don't get anything about it. You're just dropped in and fend for yourself. And yeah. I, I really kind of like those. Um, and this seems to be some sort of dystopian future where there is the mega rich uh, and super powerful class um, and also the mega poor class. Um, and they they literally call the mega poor class just pigs that they are taking care of and must be taken um, and, and must be controlled at all times. And I was like, nah, yeah, this I is think, gross. I think they said uh, they were like born to be uh be ruled or something like that which is real like classic fascism playbook kind of stuff um but yeah i i super agree like you know a lot of the times when you get those world building especially in dystopian futuristic settings you're kind of like okay how did we get here like that is really interesting and that is often sort of part of the point and part of what the story is saying is i don't know i think about like the hunger games which doesn't tell you a lot but drops enough hints and the hints tell you that they came to this horrible society because of the same problems that the characters in the book are trying to solve. So it becomes this sort of thematic link between our world uh, and explaining what bad thing in our world could cause such a horrible future to come around. And then the characters fight against that bad thing in the story. That's usually how dystopian fiction works. Uh, and in this it's too silly and explaining it would take away from it unless you gave us a silly explanation. And if you're not going to give us like, you know, if the explanation isn't that serious, then it's not that necessary. If you've got a good joke for it, explain it to us. But if you don't, like we don't need to know. We're just along for the ride. Yeah. So uh, the other important thing that is going to be happening um, is that uh, they are are talking about this tennis tournament and we, are also um, introduced to the fact that there is an entire underbelly of this school um, that is producing these Goku uniforms, and they are the most important thing. And there is a sewing club, and apparently oh the sewing club makes these Goku uniforms, and they it's are very amazing. important. Every time it's they cut to just... the sewing club, it's so funny. Because <laughs> it's just like... <laughs> They they just say it like it is some sort of like very serious... like secret society but it's the sewing club at their high school and then they like absolutely take themselves as seriously as you would expect them to from the way they talk about it and it's just absurd Yeah, there's like there's there's like a like a mech animation you would expect at the end of it. They they have made like this gigantic robot, but instead they've just made a uniform, um, uh-huh. which I guess has the powers of a giant robot. So yeah. whatever. Um, uh, and we are gonna also see the that the the tennis captain she is going the tennis club captain is going to get a new Goku uniform. It's going to be a two star uniform. It's going to be very very powerful. Um, and then we're going to cut to next day. Um, the next day, we find out a couple of things. First and foremost, the the uh, people that are uh, part of this tennis club, um, uh, apparently Mako is supposed to be in this tennis club. And <laughs> yeah. she missed a practice um, oh because God. she was, you know, being hovered over a pot of boiling oil. Um, and... <laughs> And when they bring that up, they were just like, yeah, it, that's that's not our problem. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, – did you watch the dub or the sub? 
I watched the dub because I was I very interested in watching the dub because I've seen the sub multiple times. Okay, yeah, um, I watched so. it. I, I think they say something to the extent of like, she's like, well, they're like, well, you missed practice yesterday. And she's like, well, I was be- busy being kidnapped. And they're like, you have to get that approved. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, man, it's just so funny. Um, anyways, uh, they the the funniest part to me, though, is that just during the middle of the conversation between Mako and uh, um, and oh, God, why am I blanking on names right now? Uh, Ryoko, um, she's just gonna, Mako just keeps on getting hit in the face by tennis balls, and her face is just getting more and more pummeled until it's just like a swollen mess, and she's just like, are you okay? (laughs) Last time you called this like a Saturday morning cartoon, and it so much is, obviously Mm. there's aspects of it that would not fit in a child centric Saturday morning lineup, but uh, there are a, like, she just keeps getting hit in the face and it's so fucking funny. And at the end of it, her face is just like, it's just like raised bruises. And her, all of her <laughs> facial features are gone. It was so funny. Yeah. Okay. So um, she's going to want to get into a fight um, with this tennis club. Captain um, Ryoko is going to want to get into this fight. Um, she is immediately knocked out of this area um, because she can't, for some reason, get her um, her outfit to activate. Um, and she falls down into what looks like a giant sewer. Um, she then just gets pulled along until her homeroom teacher picks her up, um, brings her back to his house. And then when she wakes up, number one, she's naked <laughs> underneath a blanket. Number two, as he explains things, he just is taking off his clothes. (laughs) It is so funny because of how goddamn nuts it is. Like, just the way that he's doing it, like, the, the smoothness of the motion that they use to animate it just makes it hysterical. And it, it, it is... It serves no purpose. And later on, they're going to have another scene together where he's explaining things to her and he's going to take his shirt off during that one too. And he's there's going to be just one like, point where he just like touches his nipples. <laughs> I cannot give you exposition with my clothes on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, it's so good. So He's going to explain, um, by the way, this, this guy's name is, uh, I, Icaro, Akuro. Um, I'm probably butchering that obviously. I think it's um, Aikuro, yeah. Aikuro, uh, Mikisugi. Um, and he is going to explain that, um, this thing that she is wearing is called a Kumai. Um, and it requires blood to operate it. Um, and it turns out that, uh, her dad created this, um, uh, created this and she gives it a name and I, I swear, I, I swear I cannot pronounce this. Um, I think yeah, it's you also Sinketsu. did not correctly pronounced Kamui. <laughs> uh, Kamui. Damn it. Um, yeah. uh, I think it was just like a Sinketsu. little too far off. I was like, they're not going to know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, um, the, the, uh, the name that she is going to give it, I think is Senketsu, um, which means like, um, yeah, fresh blood. They, um, they pronounce it Senkets. So they, they kind of drop the last U sort of like Sasuke's yeah. name in, uh, in Naruto or like, uh, 
the word des in Japanese is actually ds d e s u but uh you don't usually say the u but it's there in case you're connecting it to another word i think um so it's technically there but it's sort of just the hint of it at the end rather than pronouncing it but I, you know you're not going to be wrong by saying senketsu either yeah i will throw this out there that like one of my one of my long term goals in life is to just learn Japanese at some point so that I stop sounding like such a complete fucking moron. Um, well, they have I it on Duo, wrong not a sponsor the time. of this program. Uh, <laughs> well, I'm I'm interested in doing that, especially because I, I pronounce things wrong so often, and I'm like, I'm really we were really like dipping our feet further and further inside of the anime universe, and I should really get better at it. But I don't know. I never want you to get better at it. It's hilarious. <laughs> and like, I don't know if that's one of the charming things about our show. Like we say the X and Hunter X Hunter as all people should. Um, and, we'll fight you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to cut you on it. Uh, Blake has already threatened to me to cut me out of our friendship if I stop saying it the right way. Um, yeah, that's true. And, and <laughs> anyways um there is going to be a uh a gauntlet that is given over that is part of um the outfit um it is uh i i think the only thing it really does is it cuts your hand and stabs directly into your hand so it can feed blood to your uniform in an easier way um and i i think that's basically all that it does what it looks like is happening is that she's like cutting herself um, on the wrist when it happens um, because the gauntlet is it's shaped like it 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 might be stabbing into your knuckles um, but it's got this like band around your wrist and when you use it you pull like a pen and I assume that what's happening with the pen is that um, something is stabbing into her skin like a bunch of needles um, but I'm not 100% sure so you know yeah, I don't know the full lore on it yet it didn't but that's what it seems to, to happen me like she was cutting her wrist. It read to me like she was, uh, I mean, she is being pierced because there is a transformation sequence that is unambiguous about the suits have little needles that poke into you to drain your blood and activate themselves. So that does happen, but uh, I don't know. I think I wouldn't say cutting her wrist. I think that's a really specific thing that this did not evoke for me. It looks Mm. more like pulling the pin on a grenade uh it's very stylized it's probably effectively not cutting her wrist because again that's a different thing but like you know it's it's injecting all these needles into her and uh and that activates the suit uh but yeah i didn't i i personally got more of an impression of like pull the pin something's going down and it's going to be cool that was kind of my vibe yeah um, so after this explanation of this, as well as activating her suit by um, taking uh, some of her blood and then spraying on onto the suit, um, the, there's going to be like a brief back and forth and then the decision to fight against the tennis club captain. Um, so uh, they they go back to the property uh, to face against this captain. Um, and... When they come up to it, Mako is just in the center of all of these people, just hitting tennis balls into her. And she's just like, oh, hey, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, she's totally unflappable. There's also, they do this thing that is usually annoying, but is really funny with the way they do it here, which is they have like legions of basically copy paste characters using copy paste animation. But the way that they do it here, it, it happens at the tennis club. And then there's like a, a brief crowd scene shot later on there where they use it. And it both times it's, it makes it into a joke because they're so uniform. And, uh, and so it's like all like just one, one singular design of tennis player that's hitting it into Mako like Mako and the the tennis captain Omiko and Ryoko are the only ones that have like a unique design but it's just so funny because of the way that they do it and the way that they're animating it 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 almost makes me think of like the genericism joke from um have you seen Black Dynamite yeah wow you did uh, did you not like it I mean it's it's funny, um, but oh, I wow. just... It was one of my... It's one of my favorite comedy movies. Yeah, I mean, okay. So, I don't want to... I don't want to tangent so much just because, you know, well, we've we never already do. tangented so much. Um, but really quick aside on Black Dynamite, um, I enjoy that the humor that is happening in Black Dynamite, but I have not watched it with other people yet. And I tend to not enjoy comedy movies as much unless I'm watching mm. with other people, um, mostly because I'm like kind of feeding off of everybody else's energy at the same time. Um, it, it's this, it's the same thing that happened to me with like the new 21 Jump Street, where like I was losing my fucking shit watching it with you inside of the movie theater. Um, but when I watched it by myself, I was just like, I know this is funny, but also like, uh, you know. Huh. <laughs> That makes sense. That follows with some things, but I don't know that I knew that particular thing about you. I knew that you got uncomfortable, but I don't know that we'd ever cross that bridge. So, you know, you heard it here first, folks. This is a relationship first. But uh, yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's, Black it's, Dynamite. Hold on. Like, oh. like I, I legitimately don't laugh out loud by myself a lot of times while watching things. Um, and it's this, it's, it's, I am more likely to have like you know get openly upset enough to like be crying because something really sad is happening inside of a show um than just openly like lose my shit by myself um laughing well, at something and I mean uh, that's just maybe kind of me. No, I think that's pretty common because generally speaking crying around others is a really vulnerable thing and so most people get a sense of embarrassment and try not to cry around others and try to conceal it when they do so it makes sense that you would be more able to have those emotions and emotional responses when you were alone versus laughter is an involuntary reaction to something funny but it is also a social communication tool and sometimes we laugh when we would only have chuckled or thought that that was funny internally because we're around others. And it's not necessarily a conscious choice that we make, and it it may still be an involuntary thing, but it's affected by our environment. And so, like, you know, it's really common not to laugh at, at stuff nearly as much when you're on your own. But it's interesting that I don't think it's as common to 
thusly perceive that that thing wasn't particularly funny. I think that's a little bit more unique to you. Yeah, and I think the other thing that kind of messed me up with Black Dynamite as well is that, like, I've I've heard it's good from so many different people that it sort of was set up for failure. Um, Mm. And I have had too many people tell me too many of the jokes before I saw it. And I, that's one of the things that I'm like, you can't take the air out of something more than if you do that too. Mm. Like it just, it really bothers me when that happens. Um, and that's what happened with black dynamite. Um, it, whereas something like bridesmaids, I went into it having no idea what was about to come at me. And I just was losing my shit, um, during that movie so many different times. Just God, oh, yeah. when I she just fell on the floor when, during that movie. When she just like walks into the street and she's like, "It's yes! happening! It's happening! <laughs> it's happening!" <laughs> okay, so the reason I bring up Black Dynamite is there's this sequence where there are these waitresses that know karate, and they are all dressed the same. And when they start using karate, what they are actually doing is just kind of trotting around and waving their hands in the air in a sort of like action figure karate chop motion. And there's a whooshing sound effect that's added in. And that kind of humor really seems to match with the sort of like copy paste character design, uh, animation joke that they're doing here. And I loved it. Yeah. Also, yeah. uh, the next time we're hanging out together long enough to watch a movie, we should watch black dynamite together. Cause I've been wanting to watch it again. Okay, fine. Anyways, um, so uh, uh, <laughs> Ryoko is going to come back uh, um, and she is going to um, get into a tennis match. Um, this tennis match is going to be for all the marbles. Um, and uh, she is originally not going to do super well inside of this match. Um, and the biggest reason why is because the tennis racket that she is using is just not powerful enough to um, withstand the the swings that she is doing um, uh, two of the times. One of the times, it's just because she's trying to uh, stop a serve back to her, and she has put so much backspin on it that it spins off the racket and slams into her face and throws her off. Um, so she is then going to take one thread of her uh, outfit. She is going to wrap it about around her scissor blade, um, and then she is going to use that as a tennis racket and hit it so hard into her opponent that her opponent is going to um, uh, not be able to volley back fast enough to stop her from coming up close and then slashing her and knocking her up into the air, destroying her Goku uniform and having another nude moment um, yeah. where, you and know, if you're defeated, you become nude. There's also the, you know, there's a crowd gathered because they're having this, you know, high stakes sports contest. And so you see the crowd in the background after Ryoko has won and the people in the crowd are all kind of like either cheering or shocked because of the outcome of the match, except the people directly around Omiko who are all doing like heart eyes looking at her. And it's hilarious. Yeah. So um there is going to be a uh a call that there that she should be disqualified because uh she didn't really win the tennis match in a normal way. Um but uh Satsuki is going to come down and be like, No, um she won, it's fine that she won, but I'm going to challenge you directly 
um, Ryoko is going to want to get into a fight, but um, she is almost out of blood. And so she's just like, I want to fight you, but not now. So bye. <laughs> and then she like uses a whole bunch of smoke to just kind of bail. Um, when, uh, which takes us into episode three, um, which is going to be a Junketsu, um, which uh, it's going to have a lot of explanation and then one fight and then one other fight. So this is the super exposition episode, basically. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, half of it is fighting. So if you're watching along, like it's pretty, it's pretty packed. And of course, again, the animation is very high quality. So the fights are extremely kinetic and really fun to watch. So um, Aikuro, the homeroom teacher from earlier, is going to slowly remove his shirt while explaining that Kamui uniforms, which is what (laughs) Ryuko is wearing, um, they use this thing called life fibers. And life fibers are are somewhat ill-defined, but they, they basically supercharge the person that's wearing them. And it seems like, correct me if I misunderstood this, but it seems like Goku uniforms utilize life fibers, whereas Kamui uniforms are made entirely from life fibers because of that they're much stronger. Um, Also, they're going to reveal that the Goku uniforms there, we've seen that Goku uniforms have like one star, two star. And I made a comment earlier that I was like, I don't know if it goes to like three or five, like they didn't really tell you how far it goes. Uh, and what they say in this episode is that uh, each star represents a tenth or a ten percent increase in your power. So a one star Goku uniform makes you ten percent stronger, two star twenty percent, and so on. And uh, then later on, we'll see that there are some limitations as to far how far they can go. Yeah, well, my understanding also of it was that it was like the amount of life fibers that are going to be inside of your uniform that are sewed in. Um, that was my understanding of it. And I, I maybe completely misunderstood it, but anyways. Um, so, uh, meanwhile, uh, Satsuyuki is going to, um, be frustrated that, uh, she had a, um, uh, she had wore this uniform before her. And then she re she, she reveals, um, that she also has one of these, uh, one of these, uh, outfits, um, I'm just <laughs> avoiding saying the words so hard. Kamui. Um, and it's Kamui, whatever. Um, and it's going to be named uh, Junketsu. Um, and it has been sealed away by her family. Um, and uh, she is eventually going to put it on to get into a fight. Um, and the reason why she's doing this is just so that she can become the ultimate, the ultimate villain power, basically. Yeah, so she is going to r- reveal this this uh, costume to Ryuko. And Ryuko also, we I don't know that we've said this explicitly in this episode, but the Kamui uniforms generally, uh, they look kind of like school, like relatively traditional Japanese schoolgirl uniforms uh, because they're, they're kind of riffing on like Sailor Moon and the other magical girl things where, where they're, you know, in their schoolgirl uniforms and then they turn into superpowered schoolgirls. And so this is kind of making fun of that and taking it up to 11. And so they look like schoolgirl uniforms and then, you know, they activate their suits and they turn into very scantily clad uniforms. Um, and uh, Ryuko is 
pretty scandalized by this. Uh, of course, her uniform is also scantily clad when she's activated it. And she does not like that. And she comments frequently in these episodes about how much she doesn't like it. And she wishes it weren't the case. Uh, and she's going to comment on Satsuki's uniform when she transforms as well. But Satsuki is like, look, you're kind of prudish and I don't have the same moral code as you. And I'm also way stronger in here. Let me kick your ass. Yeah. Um, she is going to have activated her her outfit as well. Um, and because she has activated um, and has done the full activation of her uniform. Um, what happens instead is that there are going to be a much more exaggerated, much more powerful version of the uniform. And it appears that one of the things that is happening in this is that there's just a ton of needles that are hitting you all over your body. Um, it then explodes inside of like a, um, a, a transformation sequence, much like a sailor moon or something like that, except for much more explicit, like, you know super boob uh, physics yeah um and uh, a lot of that happening there's also going to be a just so so much camel toe <laughs> it's just like uh-huh. it's it's just like okay we're gonna cut close on the boobs then we're gonna cut close on the butt it's basically a thong yeah and then we're gonna cut close on the front and it's definitely camel toe and you yeah you could it. you um, could ride through the desert for several days on that camel toe like it is just so present uh yeah, also it is. it's stunning to me that there is like right in your face camel toe and there's water balloon boobs and then the butt is just like there. Like it doesn't jiggle or move at all. <laughs> like it's very present. There's no ambiguity about that. But I was just like all all the work they put into the boob. And uh, I, I guess they were just like, no, butts don't jiggle. That's not a thing. <laughs> okay. So um, uh, she is going to completely, completely destroy um, uh, Ryuko. Um, and it's, it's so, it's so badly beaten down, um, that she is going to, um, lose control of her, um, her uniform. Um, and she is going to basically say that she's almost out of blood, so she's not going to be able to fight. Um, there's also going to be a ridiculous moment with Mako where she's just like, you should get completely naked and don't be afraid that she has like, a, she says like a nice rack at one point and she's like, trust me, my whole family agrees. We've all seen you naked. We say that you have great boobs. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this show is wild because usually I hate this kind of humor, but just the way that they do it, like I said, they just lean so far into it and they're not being serious. And that helps. Like a lot of the times I hate this humor because the joke is not at the expense of this kind of joke. And this show is all about that. And so I really like that. Um, and yeah, it's just it's so fucking absurd. And then she's going to have this revelation. And I need you to help me with this one, because so she's been talking to her suit and her suits like, you know, you're not in sync with me. And she's like, well, I don't understand. I'm uncomfortable wearing you. So that's a true thing. But I, I'm also using you right now. So I don't know how you can say that I'm not using you properly. And then Mako comes in and says, you have to get naked. And this is like a switch that flips for her where she's like, you have to get naked. I, I realize now why the suit's not working for me because something about naked 
makes me realize the thing I need to know. And I didn't completely get it. The best I could come up with was she makes some comment about how like I'm treating it like clothes or something like that. And I was like, okay, so I think that you have to get naked revelation has to be like, it's about she's thinking of this as something else rather than as a part of her. And she needs to start thinking of it as like a second to skin rather than something separate from her. But that, that was the best I could come up with. Yeah. It's, it's pretty close to what you're explaining there. Um, it's, it's about, it's about accepting. Um, it's about accepting both the, the uniforms power. Um, but also it's, it's, it's obviously about accepting that you don't, have to be um embarrassed about you know um what you look like even though it might be scantily clad um and so that's that's there's there's a lot of that sort of undertone inside of the show um where like yes they're using fan service but at the same time they're just like fuck it people are just going to be people and sometimes they're naked and it's fine um so that's true sometimes it. people are naked i don't know if you guys out there listening knew that but sometimes people are naked there's an entire world of nudists that are just like nah i don't care what i'm wearing i don't care that's true i think i talked about them uh, on this podcast recently um yeah. and also you know sometimes you're naked like when you're changing from one set of clothes to another or when you're in the shower uh it just happens randomly like it's i'm just, just all over the place. out there that there there are also people out, out there that are they're called never nudes and they're never nude <laughs> that's um, true but i would also throw out there that there are some people that are naked right now while you hear this and i would be a little surprised if there weren't at least one of you people listening who were naked right now also <laughs> but don't tell me about it because don't, don't tell us about know. it <laughs> That's not a discussion topic we're trying to get into. It's just a fun fact. It's just a fun fact. <laughs> Anyways, um, there's going to be a, a pretty great fight uh, uh, that after Ryoko, uh, uh, Ryuko is going to um, uh, completely change the form that she is in. Um, and by completely change, I mean just get a, a little bit more extreme. Um, and she is going to release the power of her scissor blade, which is a super dope moment um, where she extends the scissor blade into like a super powerful form and then slashes um, at uh, Satsuyuki. Um, and uh, she is going to like back bend away from it. And then they're going to battle with each other a little bit more until they agree that they are both um, going to um, step away from this battle for now. Um, and that if she really wants to learn everything that Satsuyuki knows, she's going to have to defeat all of the different champions. And uh, I really had a flashback to the Mega Man X games at this moment. Oh, yeah. Because the Mega Man X games always start out with like the main villain coming down and being like, you're not powerful enough yet. Defeat my minions. <laughs> Um, you don't have a chance of was, beating me now, and not that I want you to, but, you know, go for it. Yeah, and become more powerful so maybe you can defeat me in the future. And I was just yeah. like, damn it, man, stop telling him all your secrets and just making him more powerful. Just kill him. Like, yeah. <laughs> But there's also, like, whatever. there are characters who, who are like that. It's actually pretty common in shonen anime for characters not to want to win 
as much as they want to have an honorable or interesting or exciting fight. So, so you get, you know, uh, what's his name on One Piece? Uh, Roanor Zolo is like this. I think Luffy to a, a lesser extent is like that. Uh, you have in Bleach, there's uh, Kenpachi Zaraki. Like they're, they aren't less concerned with winning the fight or even with their own survival than they are with fighting someone who will give them a challenge. And actually, that's part of what the show One Punch Man is built on, is the fact that he can't have a challenge anymore because he's too strong and it's causing him malaise. And so this definitely comes from the sort of like honor system that that Japan has culturally, where like if you're too strong to beat somebody, it would be kind of dishonorable for you to beat them because you would be, you know, taking advantage of that power imbalance. And... Mm. um and so I think that shows up a lot in Shonen anime. And weirdly, Satsuki is behaving in that way, but she's not acting in that way. So I don't know. I don't know that that's the motivation for her doing this. I'm kind of interested to find out because I, I suspect that it I suspect that it's more of a like you're beneath my notice and my underlings can take care of you than it is like a you're too weak for me to fight honorably kind of situation. Did you just call her Satsuki? I've been saying her her name name wrong the whole time. Yeah, that's why it's funny. That's why I keep snickering every time I say it. I hate, I hate so much that I pronounce things wrong so much. It's just, it's just. If it helps, Card Captor Sakura is a beloved show that is, you know, like twenty years old at this point. Many people know it. And, uh, you know, other prominent characters like Sakura from Naruto have that name also. That's, I believe, a fairly common name in Japan. And the new English dub that came out a couple of years ago, like it's pretty new, calls her Sakura. And it's stupid. <laughs> the rest of the dub okay, is fine, um, but that's obnoxious. Okay, it's um, the Avatar. Keep on, keep, keep on telling me about Soka. <laughs> <laughs> Just like, number one, don't change their names at all, because why would you? And apparently the reason they changed their names for that movie was he wanted it to have its own identity, which is a stupid fucking reason. But also, like, it has its own identity. It's a live action movie. Don't change their names. Those are their names. And changing somebody's name doesn't give them a new identity. It just means that they're pronouncing something differently anyway. (laughs) Also, on top of that, he's not the Avatar. Avatar is an english word that has a specific pronunciation <laughs> it's not that and they i think they they were like oh well we wanted to do it that way because you know it's our own vibe and like it's a special thing and i'm like no it's not it's an english word and this is just a special instance so you capitalize it but you don't change the pronunciation <laughs> thank god that that movie never came out oh god oh god anyways uh stick with us after these credits and we'll talk about what's happening on next time Blake and Spencer Get Jumped is made by Forever Summer Productions. With sound editing done by Rashad English. He's our level 10 sound wizard. Level 10? That's a lot of new levels. Well, he's been out in the waste grinding and killing low-level monsters to level up. That checks out. Our podcast is ad-free. And if you want to keep it that way, too, please consider supporting us on Patreon. Follow us on Twitter at B&S Get Jumped. Like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Blake and Spencer Get Jumped. 
or talk to us on Reddit at reddit.com slash r slash getjumped. If you like the show, please like, subscribe, and leave a review. Reviews help other listeners find our show. New episodes come out every week on your favorite podcast platform. And hey, thanks for listening. Next time on Blake and Spencer Get Jumped, we're watching Naruto Shippuden episodes 16 through 20. And Granny Chio is going to explain everything about the tailed beasts locked away in Naruto and Gara, And then she is going to summon a giant... Wait a minute! Khan has arrived! Why haven't you listened to our most recent episode about Bleach yet? I'm here, and I want you to become a patron so that you can listen to this episode. It's got me in it. It's got me, you guys. Oh my god. It's Khan. I'm a stuffed lion. Maybe I should do his voice like, this is me, Khan. (laughs) Whatever. Join us uh, for the Bleach episodes, you guys, if you want to become a patron. (laughs) Bye-bye.